This is Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT, a show dedicated to pet enthusiasts. Here's your host, Frank Reese. Welcome to Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT. Appreciate everybody joining us wherever you may be. As you know by now, we're up on, well, we're on a lot of places, I guess, SoundCloud, Spotify, um, iTunes, a whole bunch of ways you can get to us. You just go to the show, go to those sites, those uh, downloads, podcasts, and you can listen to all past and present shows. We are presented by KT, and when we come back from a quick break, we'll be joined by Laura Joseph from the Animal Behavioral Center in Toledo. Back in a minute, Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT. At KT, we know pets are part of the family. We believe in the incredible connection between people and their pets. That's why we are dedicated to providing the highest quality foods, habitats, and accessories to assure your pet's health and happiness. We create products you can trust because like you, we have a passion for pets. For over 150 years, the experts at KT have put their hearts into everything they do, establishing KT early on as an innovator in small animal and pet bird nutrition and care. KT is at the heart of healthy, happy pets. One of the really cool things about doing this show is uh, we get some phenomenal people on. One of the cool things about being tied in with KT is um, they are able to uh, get us in touch with many of these great people. And one of the great people is on today. She is Laura Joseph from the Animal Behavioral Center. Hi, Laura. Hey, Frank. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're uh, busy, so thank you for taking a few minutes. Hey, not a problem. Not a problem. I'm always happy to share anything educational. For those, then you're on the wrong show because nobody listens to me for education. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm I'm curious, and what I'd like to do is spend this this episode with you talking about what you have going on and what is the Animal Behavior Center. What the Animal Behavior Center is, um, we are. I know we're located in Northwest Ohio, but our location doesn't really matter um, because we educate people all over the world through our live streams. Um, so we call ourselves, we are an international educational center teaching people all over the world, um, how to empower the lives of the animals in their care and the people that care for them. We do that through positive reinforcement and applied behavior analysis, the science of behavior. We just make the science of behavior very easy to understand in everyday language. And we educate through our live stream. So I would imagine that you didn't start this yesterday. Nope. So you've been involved with it for a while. Has it? You you can't do this without having a passion. So uh, I would imagine you probably found your passion early on, or am I mistaken? Um, I've always loved animals. I've always loved animals. Um, then growing up, you know, uh, my my I have a bachelor's degree in documentary filmmaking. I wanted to get into wildlife documentaries. Then I ended up getting an animal several years ago that I knew nothing about, which was a parrot, an umbrella cockatoo to be specific. Um, I didn't understand the behavior, so I started doing research to try to understand why this bird was biting me. Um, and then it led me into the field of applied behavior analysis, um, the science of behavior, studying B.F. Skinner's laws of behavior. So I ended up going back to school, taking master's level, level courses 
in applied behavior analysis, um, focusing on a particular animal I had, um, a Moluccan cockatoo that I adopted, which was going to be euthanized for behavior issues. And so I started studying applied behavior analysis and it worked, it did wonders. Um, and it start, you know, Rocky is now one of the most interactive birds we have here. He was going to be put down for aggressive label behaviors labeled as aggressive. And he now is very affectionate, goes to everyone. He was just a bird misunderstood. Um, so several years ago, um, I thought about opening a center. It was going to be for just birds, but then I thought, well, this applies to every animal. So why limit the educational opportunity for people? And so I ended up calling it the Animal Behavior Center instead of the Avian Behavior Center. And now here we have an array of different resident animals that we live stream with. Um, and I also work with several zoos. Um, I travel and work with uh, wildlife rehabilitation centers. Um, so I'll work with anything from parrots to fish to alligators, which I'm training tomorrow morning, <laughs> alligators to bears to ostrich, porcupines, whatever. It's all about the science of behavior. Okay. With that said, the science <laughs> of behavior and, you know, not to get way too deep into it, but just the understanding of it, is the premise the same for all? all animals or is it pretty much honed in specifically for each because there are so many different kinds of animals that sure. obviously aren't even closely related to each other sure um my approaches can be the same meaning uh, when i first start interacting with an animal one of the, the thing i do with every animal i don't care if it's a parrot or a black bear i will sit and observe uh, then something else that's the same across the board is I identify that animal's positive reinforcers. What things are what things are, is it going towards? What things is it moving away from, and why? Those things that it starts going towards, those are positive reinforcers. So I gather them and then deliver them for behaviors I want to see maintain and increase. The next thing I do is start shaping behavior, which is reinforcing small approximations towards the behaviors I want, such as let me get in the cage, let me pick you up, let me feed you, um, you know, voluntary vet behaviors such as, you know, um, voluntary blood draws, nail trims, teeth inspection, beak inspection, whatever. But each animal is its own individual. So just because today I'm working with an umbrella cockatoo doesn't mean tomorrow when I work with another one, everything's gonna be the same because every animal is its own unique individual Every animal has its history, and those histories are, are different. So that, that's an example of how some things are the same and some things are totally different. Let me uh, introduce everybody to Laura Joseph, probably the most patient person you'll ever find on the planet. Right? <laughs> because it, it, you have to be patient. I mean, you just talking about this, and I'm like, wow, you have you know, to be patient. Frank, I get a lot of people that tell me that boy, you have to be so patient to do what you do. I am probably one of the most impatient people you will meet. Um, but what it does, and sometimes people ask me, what's the biggest mistake people make with behavior or training? And I say, taking too big of steps. People assume the animal thinks something or knows something because it's done it in the past. That is the most common mistake. And um, am I patient? No, 
But what I like to do is see animals thrive in their environments, empower them and the people that live with them. So what I do instead of patience is I, I break it down and I watch for really small behaviors. Like did that animal shift its body weight to the right? Bam, that's, that's how small of behaviors I'm looking for. And a lot of times, I mean, the reinforcer for me to continue doing what I do is how, I, how fast I can see behavior change. Sometimes I see behavior change in a week, sometimes it's a day, sometimes it's even within the hour. It's just knowing and pointing out those small behaviors to look for. Have, um, have any women come to you asking to help with their husbands or no? If I, yes, if I had a nickel for everyone <laughs> that did, <laughs> there'd be no reason for me to sit here and try I, animals. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was an original thought, but I had to ask it anyway. So I just figured what the heck. <laughs> yep. We often call um, our spouses untrainers. <laughs> <laughs> so has there been, I'm going to test you here a little bit. And, and um, has there been, or is there a type of animal or species that is just takes a little longer just because of its makeup? Is there such a question as that? Sure, sure. I thought you were going to ask me if there's ever been an animal I haven't been able to train. That was second. Um, okay. <laughs> well, no, there hasn't been. And training is communication. If that animal can see, hear, or smell you, you are training it, whether you realize it or not. It's what are you training? So um, training is learning. Learning is communication. And the animals that I see maybe take a little longer are the ones that have had a long opportunity to practice the undesired behavior. Does that make sense? Yep. So when you're talking about birds, parrots in specific, you sometimes you're dealing with long lifespans. Uh, we have one here that's 35 years old. We just brought in one that's 38 years old the one that's 38 years old has an 18 year history of plucking its chest and its legs bald. Wow. So the longer the animal practices the undesired behavior, usually the longer it takes you to change it, but not near as long to change it as it did for that animal to learn to practice it in the first place. So, I mean, we are focusing on this particular bird is his name is sunshine. He's foster here. Um, we are focusing on the plucking, but we are also focusing on, we're teaching him to forage. He's learning how to do a beak target, foot target, recall, beginning nail trims. He's learning, That's he's only been here two weeks. And those are the things he's learned in the past two weeks. The more we can get him focused on foraging and training, the more he's going to leave his feathers alone. That's based on and making sure that there wasn't a medical issue for the feather plucking in the first place, and there isn't. Much, much like human beings, when they become, when they have some kind of behavior that they become used to, and you, you know, they go to whoever they have to to get fixed or corrected or helped with, sometimes they revert back to what they started with. So yep. how, how often, or is there a concern at times that you're able to help an animal that there's always that thing in the back of your head that uh, they might go back to what they were before they got here? Frank, that's probably one of the most fabulous questions I think I've ever been asked. That when they go back to behaviors that have been practiced, you change and they go back to them, that's something called resurgence. Um, what we do is you have to retrain, um, also known as counter conditioning. So yes, 
So the longer this animal's been practicing this undesired behavior, it, it may be undesired by us, but it serves a purpose for the animal. We can redirect, <clears throat> excuse me, we can redirect that behavior to something else. But if positive reinforcers are not delivered, or if they stop being delivered for the alternate behavior, the more likely the animal is going to start resurging and switching back to the other behavior that we've tried to train. So we have several animals here like that um, with long history of reinforcement for undesired behavior. We start shaping and reinforcing other desired behaviors. Um, we have to keep those other behavior. We have to make sure those other desired behaviors are on some type or positive reinforcement is being delivered on some type of schedule, which is where if it's every single time the animal does the other behavior, every other time, every five minutes, the animal does the behavior. Um, but we're always watching for distant antecedents, distant cues that that undesired behavior might be starting to rear its head. And if once we see those, then we kick an alternate plan back into place. At what point do you bring, if, if the pet has an owner, into the fray like obviously at some point because they're going to have to keep sure reestablishing this and reaffirming it as they go yeah um and i was just talking about this with somebody the other day when you if you're getting into pet training um zoo training uh, wildlife rehab training you it's always focused on the people because in order for me to change the behavior of that animal, I have to educate and change the behavior of the person taking care, taking care of it. So it is all about education to the people. And I have to make it, I study the science of behavior. Um, I make it very easy to understand. I don't throw out a bunch of sciencey terms because when I start throwing out those sciencey terms, I'm gonna lose 80% of my audience. If I lose them, I've lost the opportunity to help that animal. So I put these sciencey terms into very easy, understandable, everyday language. So it makes it very easy for them to be able to pick up. And I can train that animal to do something, but you have to know how to keep it going. And that's what I do is focus on the person understanding how to keep it going. And you're 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 kind of doing two for one. I mean, you're 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 training uh, or correcting. Uh, the animal and also the uh, human a lot of times. And it's through, you know, like a lot of people say, can you fix this? And I'll say, then they're talking about the animal. And I was like, um, sure, but you have, we have to fix you first. <laughs> yeah, um, good point. Because a lot of times people unknowingly reinforce, I'd say 90% of the time a behavior issue happens, the person is unknowingly reinforcing it. And reinforcers are so much more than food. It could be attention, pace, proximity, temperature, tone of voice. Um, so yeah, I have to bring that to the attention of the people. So how do people find out more about the Animal Behavior Center? Because it sounds like a fascinating place. Thanks, it is. We're really big on our live streaming, um, Frank. Every Sunday morning on the Animal Behavior Center's Facebook page, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., we've been doing this for four and a half years. We have a one-hour live streamed episode on our Facebook page called Coffee with the Critters. I interview people from all over the world. I do live training demonstrations. And that is, that's showing. It shows people I make mistakes too. I just learn from them. And I show them, you know, 
anyways, regardless, Coffee with the Critters, that's one thing we do, live stream from our Facebook page. Uh, people can reach us on um, via our website, which is the T-H-E, AnimalBehaviorCenter.com. What's the website one more time? TheAnimalBehaviorCenter.com. Awesome. I like Coffee with the Critters. Very nice. Thanks. Thanks. We've been doing Coffee with the Critters every Sunday morning for four and a half years. What is it What is it under on Facebook? Is it Animal Behavior or is it Coffee with the Critters? It's on, it's on the Animal Behavior Center's okay. Facebook page. Right. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, as always, um, you know, you're always welcome on the show. Fantastic stuff. I, I am, Thanks, you, Frank. You've made the show much, much more educational now that you've been on. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> I look uh, look forward to getting you back on, Lauren. Thank you so much for it, and all the best at the uh, Animal Behavior Center. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay. That is Laura Joseph. Make sure you check it out. Go to the Facebook page uh, for Animal Behavior Center, Coffee with the Critters, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Literally, what are you doing on Sunday at 9 a.m. other than sitting around in your pajamas? Uh, check out what they're doing because I'm going to be watching it. It's, they've, got a, they've got a new uh, subscriber. That is Laura Joseph, the Animal Behavior Center. This has been Blue Zoo Bird, presented by KT. Don't, don't forget, check out KT's website, K-A-Y-T-E-E.com, for everything you need, avian-wise and everything else in between. This is Blue Zoo Bird. Talk to you soon.